Ladies and gentlemen, I would humbly like to welcome you back to yet another episode of Three Beers In. My name is Dom. I am all alone. And here we are with episode 128 of your favorite beer podcast featuring delicious craft beer. A unique one every week. It's a fantastic, fun show. And uh, I'm ready to have a great time. I'm ready to party with you people. And it's a little bit crazy. It's a little bit wacky. I've been, I've been, I've been all over the place. Um, this is coming out on a Friday, and maybe I don't know. I'm messing with my own algorithms here. I had, a, I had a really good thing going on, where I had um, interesting numbers. I had great feedback from people. I had some great support. And now I don't know. I don't know my ass from my elbow when it comes to this. One thing I can confirm. I did destroy the mixer, okay? The fourth channel... Oh, actually, let me see. One, two, three. The fourth channel, which would be the channel that I am able to have guests on with, has been destroyed. It does not work. It is tragic to know that it is destroyed. <coughs> you know, we worked very hard. I'm clicking buttons now. One-man show. Why am I doing this? It's really, really upsetting to know that I fucked this up. But um, I'm going to power on nonetheless... I'm going to continue doing my show. And I'm kind of winging it right now. I did have something prepared. I'm going to try to do it all off of my phone here because of how um, monumentally uh, difficult this laptop is. Be- I, <laughs> you know, listen, this is, a, this is an underground operation. You know, I am working very hard to get the story of beer out there to the people. These broadcasts are an underground... Um, an underground, what's the word I'm looking for here? An under, an underground what? An underground crusade. An underground crusade to bring the message of beer to the people, directly to the people. So now what's crazy is I try to prepare myself uh, for the show prior. You know, I really put a lot of effort and a lot of thought into the show. I do care quite a bit about the show. So um, to, to try to keep with the, uh, the 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 trend that's going on right now. I wanted to do a a different uh, style of beer that we're used to, and I thought I had my hands on a Z- a Zwickel beer, okay, because it's an unfiltered beer, okay. And I was going to explain what a Zwickel beer was to everybody. I was going to talk about how it kind of goes hand in hand with the new style of um, IPA that we have, the double IPA, or the New England IPA. I say it every episode now. This is this is what's what it's become, and you know I wanted to go down this this little road. This is what this beer is all about. Blah blah blah, and it turns out I don't have one of those. I don't have a Zwickel beer in my possession. Okay, and when I started reading about the brewery that was that brought me this beer, that gave me this delicious, it is pretty good. And we're going to talk about it when we get to the beer review section of the of the show. I was reading about it, and it turns out that this is not a Zwickel beer. It turns out that they wrote in here that it is a unfiltered. Hell is Lager. What do we know if you've been following the show for a while? If you've been following the show for a while and you know about me and my uh, palate when it comes to beer, I love all of them, basically, except for the barrel-aged ones. I'm not into those that much. But German beer is one of my favorite styles of beer because of how drinkable they are and how delicious they are. So I started trying to find out a little bit more about this style of beer. A unfiltered Hell is Lager. And what do I find out? That these people... God bless them for what they're doing, because this is a very delightful beer, and I'm going to get to it, you know, when we do the beer review section, like I said before, and I'm repeating myself. God bless them for what they're doing, 
but this beer is actually a Keller beer. Okay, because it's essentially in the definition of what a Keller beer is, is what this beer is. Okay, and what it's all about. And this can is not agreeing with me. I'm going to put it over there. So, I'm just going on a little bit of rant about that right now. And I also discovered last week, okay, and I have to pay very close attention to this. I was telling everybody, well, it was the last episode, I was ranting and raving about how terrible it was that I destroyed my laptop. I mean, my uh, the mixer here. Okay, and then it, and then I had an actual technical difficulty here where there was some drop of audio. The audio actually dropped out, but it wasn't the mixer that did it. It was the personal computer, the PC, that I'm actually running Audacity off of. So to, to give you a little a little idea of the of the set here, and I was told very very adamantly never to talk about the show on the show, but that's what I'm doing right now. I have a a shit a shit laptop, uh, a, a horse shit uh, computer, a broken down mixer. The keyboard was destroyed. I got this this little doozy here. It's a Dell, I think. I'm like a Frankenstein monster of beer review. That's what I have going on here right now. That's that's what this show is about. The crux of this show is an underground movement to talk about beer straight to the people. This is a, there's no there's no money involved. There's no big far, pharma. No big pharma. There's no big money behind me. I'm the money, and that's not saying much at all. Okay, so I'm going to drive this thing into the ground. I'm going to do what I can with what I have. And if I ever have to upgrade anything, that, that's going to be that's going to be terrible. It's not going to probably work out whatsoever. But I'm, I'm going to do my best and continue to put this show out there and bring it to the people because the people listen. They do. They send me emails. This is the best thing that ever happened. I can't believe it. You get yourself a website with a contact us tab, you learn tab thing and people are gonna you're gonna email you it's wonderful you know if you want to interact with people you could go into chat rooms if people still do that or you could get yourself a website from GoDaddy pay them two hundred and seventy five dollars to move your domain over it's a the, I'm not even gonna get into the nickel and diming of websites and stuff like that you know I, I just wish that uh, the production team and my manager told me ahead of time that I would have had to do this all on my own and, and have to deal with that so anyway okay sorry about that. This is going to sound like an odd cut, because it is. Um, I should not have bashed the equipment just before, because as I was trying to do the beer review portion of the show, the the fucking laptop committed suicide. Like an actual, like, sabuku, if that's the Japanese suicide whatever thing. I dishonored the laptop. It killed itself in the traditional Japanese tradition. I couldn't believe that the PC actually chopped its head off after it stabbed itself. But it did happen. But we're going to persevere. I'm going to actually have to go... I'm going to have to do everything now off of my phone. Okay? that there's There's no, like, hiding it anymore. So the beer review portion will happen now, in which I am now going to be able to proceed. It kind of ruined my entire flow. But I'm going to just power right through and continue on. So, for this week's beer review uh, section, we are having from Foreign Objects uh, Brewery. They call themselves New American Hoppy Ales. This is Diher's Machine. Uh, it says, our, and it is an ungespundent lager beer of the Hellas Lager uh, variant. We're going to get into that. Like I said, I don't know if I... Like I said, I don't remember when I cut myself off, but I'm really going to go deep into these... to this beer and to what, what I want... I really want to try these other beers because it has... because of because of the taste of this one. So anyway, our line of un, un, uh, ungespundent uh, lager beers 
are modeled after the inspiring and subtle detail in classic German brewing traditions. However, the value of transgressive philosophy being ever-present in our sphere, these are distinctively distinctly foreign objects, um, ungespunden lager beers, marked by delicate full aromas and soft bitterness from our abundant yet precise hop use, rustic natural earthiness from our temperate lagering process, and and a naturally unfiltered glow these beers are our homage to the lost beauty of subtlety and precision honored and transmuted it says transmuted or transmute i don't know rob's not here to correct me into these beautiful lagers so it's a abv of 5.2 percent it says here an ungespun a ungespundent hella's lager and i love it Okay, I'm just going to say it right there off the bat. I love it. Uh, I'm going to dig into the cooler real quick because I ran out of one here. I'm going to crack a fresh one open for you guys here and now. Really nice presentation on the cans. I think the labels are really, really beautiful. Uh, I did catch my eye. There's a nice script uh, writing on here, and I'm just dumping it in. So there, was a, there was, wasn't much of a head, and there was uh, some nice lacing on here as I was drinking the beer. And um, that was a very aggressive pour. So the aroma that we get is a very classic German aroma, uh, which which was very, very promising to me before I dove into actually drinking this beer. Getting about one, it's exactly one finger of head here. Um, the the beer itself, it, it's just, you, you, when you try to look at the color, it's like a pale yellow, and it is murky. You can't really see... Uh, through the it uh, uh, like through it and it's like there's a thousand little what's going on the little floaties just going on in here i don't know what it is but like i said before i was trying to look up a unfiltered hella's lager i love hella's lager beers i love german pilsners big fan those are like my favorite beers over the oktoberfest over the my box those are my favorite okay a german pilsner or a german hella's lager or a kolsch uh, they're just they're just the, the my bread and butter. Uh, so so this one right here, I wanted to go for a hazy beer because everyone's like the the, the New England IPAs are the hazy crazy uh, like craze hazy crazy craze. I'm retarded. The, uh, the 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 craze right now, and it's like whoa listen hey 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 unfiltered beers are not brand new. This has been going on for a long long time, and according to this website, it's like one of the most beautiful things like almost like childbirth practically. Okay, so they're really into it, and uh, I started saying to myself, "Let me let me give this a shot." So this this beer, I mean, hands down, is one of the best craft German beers I've ever had, or craft German style beers that I've ever had. It has a very rich, rich uh, flavor profile to it. the it, The mouthfeel is just so much more full, and I think that's because of the unfiltered presentation that we have here. Or the it's a it's a Keller beer style beer, uh, according to what what I was reading because I go to the uh, what is it called here the uh, the the beer judge uh, it's like a I'll, I'll link the um, I'm gonna link the the software to to my to the Facebook it's a it's really really helpful when it comes to you judging your own beers here it's the official uh, guide to judging beers basically that is given to it's like a a book that has to be. Uh, memorized by people that um, judge beer 
and uh, it gives you the characteristics of the beer that is that you need to have basically for it to be that style of beer. And as I was reading about the the Keller beer, because I couldn't find a hell an unfiltered Hellas Lager, the Keller beer, the pale Keller beer, is exactly what. It is. I mean, so so like they're 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 saying one thing, but this is really what it is. Maybe the the Christmas of it can can say like, okay, we were, did a Keller beer style, but we we also put into it like a a um, like a Hell's Lager characteristic. Um, because uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the you know it's a it's a Hell's. So so see, it's it's very malty. Okay, it has a, but it's, it's the, the cool thing about this one, and this is why I'm really interested about this uh, brewery. I'm all over the place right now, so let me try to get a little focused here. It seems as if they they try to take the German style of brewing and the German style of beer making, and it looks like they try to put a little bit of a of a of a t- twist on it with um with how they're going to play with the hops and the malts, and that that's actually one of the most attractive things that. I mean, it makes me it makes me really really hot and bothered. So, for example, I went over into the uh, see this one. They're saying it's a Keller's Pilsner. I think they're just monkeying around with the names a little bit. But what was the one that really really jumped uh, jumped out at me? Because um, because they have a whole bunch of them. They're all really really uh, funky names. This one, there's one that was that was like I think uh, dr- uh, dry hopped with um, Simcoe and Mosaic hops. And it was like a, a German Pilsner style with those hops um, put into it, and I and I really think that that would be really really interesting to try. So I really want to try to see if I could find the that specific beer. And uh, or does it say Hollertau on here? I want to try to find like that specific. I can't find it. It's on the. It would be, if my laptop worked, I'd be able to get it. It's not actually popping up here whatsoever, unfortunately. But still. Uh, nonetheless, I did see it. It it. Oh, sorry about that. It's that German style beer with the. Um, with those new age type of hops, because I'm pretty sure that like the Simcoe and the Mosaic hops are an Amer- are American style hops, and uh, from what I read, um, the, these German beers, when it comes to their bitterness profiles, it's because they have like noble hops in them, Hallertau hops and and stuff like that, where those 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 characteristics of those flavors are so prominent because of those noble hops that they use in the the Czechoslovakia area, the German area, and the uh, the Basically, broader Bavaria and all that stuff like that. I'm just saying areas that make me uh, sound a little bit smarter. So back to this beer. Uh, just an unbelievable treat. I-, I really love looking at this beer because it's so cool. You have like these the bubbles, ra- like these little bubbles rising up from the bottom. And they're just, they're like fighting through these little floaties that are in there. And it's just, but it's still almost, it's still clearish. It's just such a delight, this type of beer. And like, let me get another sip here. Such a delicious earthiness. The hops are just very, very well muted throughout. A very full-bodied, very full-flavored German-style beer. It's almost as if, like, it's perfect. It's like <laughs> if I were to take... Because, you know, you got, like, your Bitburger and you got, like, your... your um, it's another Warsteiner. And, like, they're good. They taste really good. But it's like... It's... Is it Germany's Budweiser? Is it Germany's Miller's Coors? Like what? You know what? What? Where do we draw the line here? And with the fullness of this flavor, I could just say it's so it's so fucking good. And like I, this is I was going by the dates here. It was canned on October second, twenty eighteen. So uh, it was a couple months ago. 
it's it's one of the best fucking beers I've ever had, and it sucks because like I always say that the beer is so goddamn good, and now now I understand where Rob is coming from when I would give such high ratings to some beers. What I'm doing is I'm doing this one an injustice. This is one of the finer beers I've ever had. Let me say finer beers because it's really, really very well crafted in terms of the balance between the bitterness of the hops and the maltiness. The drinkability is on point. The lacing on the glass, I I had to take a picture of it. That's how nice it looked. Okay, this is one of my favorites. Honest to God. Um, I'm going to give this... uh, Let me give it a fair rating here. Okay, I'm going to give the rating of this beer a nine nine and a half. I'm going to try to be good with the ratings. I'm going to give it a nine and a half because this beer is absolutely fantastic. Uh, It's just from start to finish. It has such a flavor profile that is something that you would that you would want in a German craft beer. It's hard to it's it's hard to uh, like really put the the nail on the head of this uh, this type of beer. Just has a a very just full bodied but so drinkable. You know, and it has that great, like, that that wet grass uh, aroma to it, uh, soft straw aroma to it, you know, and it has like a, it has like that herbal uh, hop dryness to it, but the, but the, the maltiness cuts through that with like a very delightful, light, toffee, bready flavor. And to me, that's just, that's just a, almost like a perfect beer. You know, it's almost as if, this, as if I told these people, this is what I want to taste in this type of beer. <clears throat> and they were like, we got you, fam. We got you. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if Beverage Island still even has it, because that's where I got it. Foreign Objects Brewing, uh, Diher's Machine, the unfiltered Hellas Lager, a.k.a. a Keller beer. Unbelievably delicious. 9.5 out of 10. You got to go out and get it. That's it. The come in the tall boy cans. It was absolutely fucking delicious. This was canned a couple months ago, and it's it's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You brewed and canned by Foreign Objects Beer Company out of Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I read an article. Uh, I think earlier today, Pennsylvania brews like the most beer in the country. Like in terms of gallons and they they're the they have the fifth most uh craft breweries in the united states which i think is really really cool uh okay so plugging along here like i said i had to practically shelf the laptop because excuse me good burps though because the uh whatchamacallit it was just it was it was nonsensical it just wasn't working out um so I have a whole bunch of emails. So what I want to do is I want to maybe just tackle some just regular talk points or whatever. Because the thing is, like with the with the show and where I'm trying to go with it, I just want to I want to really. Fo- so what I noticed is when I picked the lane and made myself just strictly a beer show and not like a talk show. What happened with it's been great. We've been getting some incredible feedback from listeners. You know, we've been getting emails from listeners. We're getting a hell of a lot more listens, which is really really neat. You know, it's really worked out that I've kind of... We picked the lane. We are a beer show. If we're funny along the way, that's cool. If you enjoy the conversation, that's cool. But this is what we're about. And we found our audience. They're out there. They're listening in there. And they're communicating with us. But 
So I've been all over the place, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. As you may have noticed, the people who are loyal listeners are supposed to be coming out every Thursday night for your Friday morning commute and to carry you into the weekend. Right now, it's Friday night. I'm all out of whack doing it. I was off on Monday after the Super Bowl, did the Super Bowl episode, you know, with a sour beer. And now it's Friday. I don't know where I, I don't know what's going on. I used to I used to use three beers in as a way to try to like get me. It actually feels like a Thursday because I was off on Monday. So Tuesday was my Monday, which means that today is my Thursday, even though it's Friday. Do I have to go to work tomorrow? No, but I have to figure that out in my brain. You know what I mean? So three beers in was like the way for me to um, the way for me to just kind of get through my my work week and my, my, my week and everything like that. But the one thing that's really good about not having a co-host like Rob or, or somebody else, I can I have the, the freedom to say no show today, maybe tomorrow, no show this week at all, maybe next week. I have that freedom because I don't have anyone, anyone else to rely on or anyone else to be obligated to. And when I go to Beverage Island now, I don't have to buy beer for multiple people. I buy beer for myself and I could buy more beers for later on. So I'm gearing up for the baby, basically, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, we are in the home stretch. Ari, uh, she's she's quite pregnant. You know, the baby's due in April. We're gonna be we're in February. March is right around the corner. Before you know it, I'm gonna be 31 years old in in March, and then my baby will be here. There's no stopping it. You know, it's so funny because like this whole time I'm going through, you know, just living life. You know, I, I nothing's changed for me. It's all on her end. Unfor- I mean, I, I don't want to sound crass or anything like that. You know, because I because people that I talk to that are fathers, they're like, yeah, it didn't hit me until not even didn't one guy told me he didn't it didn't hit him until they got home he's like not even when the baby was born like when the baby was born you're caught up in the the running around of family and friends and people coming to say hello and see the baby and stuff like that but when we got home he goes when we got home he's like oh shit yeah you live here too now and i think his daughter is four years old and um it's real. I I ask him for advice here and there, and I, and, and see what he has to say, and it, it it's very interesting, and I and I really and truly look forward to this. So, we, we uh, he I asked him today. I said, "What's the one thing that you didn't think about <coughs> having to have? Like, look, you didn't think it was needed, but then you were like, oh shit, this is the best thing.' He's like one of those carrier things where the baby like carry you could carry the baby on a harness. He said that's very important. He said that really changed a lot of things for me." And um, he said, "He said you got to get yourselves one of those. So I I got to get one of those because I I'll be that guy. I'll walk around the way. I mean, we have a stroller, which is cool, okay. But there's a lot of things that you got to click in and then flabaloo, and you, you know, I'm not really looking forward to that. But l- last night I didn't do the show, not even for, because of the bit. Well, the week before I didn't do it because I had to wash the baby clothes and get all the babies, some of the baby stuff ready. We still don't have a crib. That's okay. A bottom drawer works. Um." Last night was Megan, uh, Ari's cousin's, Megan's birthday. She just turned 21. I wanted to get her beer. Ari said, let's get her liquor. Uh, Ari won, of course. You know, I'm trying to be a beer ambassador. Someone today at work, I was trying to prepare the show, came up and they were like, hey, what are you doing there? Writing a paper for school? I was like, sort of, but it's my beer podcast. And she explained to me that like the beer that she almost kind of liked was Red Stripe. I said, my dear. Yeah, I feel so bad for you. And I said, listen, there is a beer. There's a beer for everyone out there. I truly believe that. People who say they're not beer drinkers, there's a beer out there for you. I said, there are thousands of craft beers. And she was shocked. She couldn't believe it when I said it. She goes, there's no way there's thousands of craft beers. I said, oh, yes, there are. And I said, thanks be to God we have Beverage Island that has over 600 of them there. 
It's the mecca of this island, and people don't even know that it's right in their backyard. you got to go there, people. Go to Beverage Island and buy these beers. They're there. I'm telling you that they're there. I've been there. I've witnessed it. I've seen it with my own two eyes. So it also turns out uh, this week, uh, Liam Neeson's a racist, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is actually crazy because though I wasn't a huge Taken fan, the whole like, I will find you. And I will kill you. I wasn't a big, <clears throat> I wasn't a big Taken guy, but I really liked the Clash of the Titans and all that stuff, like those Greek uh, mythology movies. Oh, those are awesome! And he played Zeus. But now, for those of you that haven't heard, he's promoting this new movie. The guy's been working. First of all, you don't know anything about Liam Neeson. He's his wife tragically died in a skiing accident, which happens to celebrities a lot. But she she dies from a skiing accident. And Liam Neeson, who was in some pretty darn good movies, I mean, he was in Schindler's List, he was Oscar Schindler, you know, in Schindler's List, which was a fantastic, fantastic film. Uh, he was in other films, too, but, I mean, that's one of the most notable, I mean, notoriable, is that the word? Is that a word? It had, it was notable, okay? Notable. Schindler's List, great movie. He's been in that, uh, but he was in those Clash movies and stuff. But ever since his wife had, like, had died, he just, he works a lot, and some some of the movies are duds. Like I, I mean, I think he's in a couple of like Netflix movies, where the movies only like made it to Netflix. I take a sip of this delicious beer. And um, so he's a uh, he's promoting his film, and he's on like a round table or something. I now listen, I haven't seen the video. I'm only going by what people have told me. So, you know. That doesn't make me necessarily the the uh, the authority on it, but I do believe what people have sent me, and it's it's in the it's all over the internet and stuff like that. So, uh, Liam Neeson, they said, "What's one thing that you've like regretted in your life?" And he's like, "Oh, a friend of mine was <laughs> totally ad libbing. I don't even this is this is what was said in my mind from what I heard." And he's like, "A friend of mine, a female was was raped, and I was so irate." I grabbed a crowbar and was in the search for blood and black men. Basically, that's what he said. And that was a very bad, very, very bad um, Liam Neeson. I think I, if, if I added a little bit of a lisp, I would have been Christian Bale Batman. But either way, he did. I was. it was confirmed by friends of mine that he did say this in the Taken voice during the interview. That for two weeks, he went on a search for any black man that he could find and he had a crowbar with him and he was going to beat up that guy and his uh, rationale was it was some sort of um, ridiculous uh, medieval chivalry feeling that he had in his heart so when the, when the story first broke I said to my all my friends at work I said oh my god I can't believe he did this I, then it came out that it happened 40 years ago but it doesn't change the fact that this man was pretty racist and then the uh what do we call it the the spanish woman or or uh, latina woman that's uh in fast and furious movies she comes out today and says there's no way liam neeson's a racist because he made out really hard with viola davis in a movie once and uh <clears throat> i don't care how good of an actor you are if you're a racist you're not going to put your tongue that far down like a black woman's throat it was crazy this whole thing is just absolutely bonkers. And it sucks because I really had a, an affinity for Liam Neeson because he um, he always went to, like, New York Ranger games, and I always thought that was really, really cool about him. 
I seen him at a, at a, at a, at a like a couple of I was at like two Ranger games and he was there too. I was like, oh my god, it's Liam Neeson from the Taken movies. You're so great. And now it's bad. It's gone. It's kind of like you have to write them off. Like Bill Cosby. I I loved Bill Cosby. I grew up listening to his comedy tapes when I was a kid. And then he does these terrible things and you gotta you gotta just you know you gotta cancel them. You gotta let them go. Liam Neeson, fucking racist. I couldn't believe it. I really could not believe that when when I heard it. But uh, it doesn't change anything about it. So, also, this is really cool for the people that are from Staten Island listening to this show right now. AM, the new AMC Theater opened up in like the crazy awesome, the, the crazy awesome part of the Staten Island new Staten Island Mall. It's really really interesting if you go down Richmond Avenue and you see the whole new facade. It's like holy shit, they really did up. They outdid themselves here. And then you go to the other side and it's like oh, it's it still looks like it's old rinky dink shit self. On the other side, but the, the 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 juiced up side over there, wow, it looks great. Now I'm looking at the pictures of the inside of this AMC. It's like a dine-in type theater. We don't have to go to New Jersey anymore for those of you that uh, that are into the dine-in experience. It is really, really nice. I mean, they have like a like a what do you call that? Like a cocktail hour type area. You know, there's I think there's a there's a bar slash restaurant like on the side and you can go to your movie over here it's like one of those real well done AMC dine-in theaters but it's like it's great because they have these big windows and stuff that look out and there's like a lounge area it looks like you could really go there and have a great time I'm not going to go for maybe three years because you know that like a lot of like a lot of people you don't want to be around are going to go there now you know like the made in Staten Island type you know the a lot of Dracar Noir and, and hair gel. You just want to stay away from that. You know, you, you really don't want to... Like, like when, when a place just opens like that, it's your highest risk of getting hit by a car in the parking lot or in an actual fist fight in the parking lot. You wait yourself a year to two years, and that's not going to happen. Or you got to go on a Wednesday where it's, it's actually... You know what? Don't go on a Wednesday. It's probably more dangerous because the people without jobs who are just hooked on fentanyl are going to be there, and they're probably going to actually might stab you. No, I'm just kidding. You could go on a Wednesday. If you go on a weekday to any of the new things on Staten Island, you get to experience it, like, privately, practically. Ari and I, when the Dave & Buster's uh, first opened, we actually we had a Tuesday. I, I think I don't even think it was planned. No, it was planned. It was like a, we had a week off. You know, we, we had some PTO. On a Tuesday, we went to the Dave & Buster's. When we arrived, they were shocked that we were even there. They were like, welcome to Dave & Buster's. We were, uh, I mean, we can get to know you. That's how there's no one here. We had the lay of the land. We went to any of the games we wanted. There's a couple of old people that that they were just there because, you know, then there's, you know, you got to find something to do when you're when you're that old. So, But uh, you definitely you don't want to go there too soon. But it, it looks incredible. And maybe it's big enough to, to house all those uh, degenerates as well as those who are functioning members of society. Uh, so I'm going to take a little bit of a bathroom break here. Try to just uh, chill out a little bit. Maybe have I want to really drink this beer and not talk so much. So maybe that's where a bathroom break can really help out. And I'll be back uh, right after this with a message from your sponsor. From our sponsor. What am I saying? I'll be right back.
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you so, so much for listening to episode 128 of Three Beers In, the beer podcast that you keep listening to for some odd reason. Maybe it's because I'm good at what I do. Maybe it's because you're just interested to see what kind of beer I'm having next. Or maybe you just want to see me crash and burn. Either way, I'm really happy that you listen. If you're listening from 3beersin.com, don't forget that you can just really quickly pop on over to the Contact Us section and just talk to us. You can interact with us. You can ask us questions. You can tell us what you feel. We have emails. We have them right now. I'm going to read them in a little bit, and it's going to be really, really great. I'm really, really excited and happy that you guys have uh, tuned in and listened and continue to do so. I'm really, really sorry to the mixer. I'm really, really sorry to those who think that maybe the quality of the show has gone down. Either way, I'm going to put the show out there, and if you listen, you listen. If you don't, you don't. Either way, really, really glad you made it here today. Really, really glad you're with us, and I'm excited. I'm super excited. Hang on, my wife just called me. Let me look here. What did she say? Okay. Uh-oh. What? Okay, sorry about that. Maybe the music was uh, was good enough for you guys to uh, to, to coast through to. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, um, what was I gonna? I was gonna see what was I gonna talk about. I was gonna talk about. Oh yeah, so here's some cool. I, I'm gonna. I gotta definitely put this up on the website. Um, there's this. Uh, open the fucking link, phone. Sorry guys for that language. I really didn't mean to uh, curse that aggressively. Porchdrinking.com. Porch. P-O-R-C-H drinking.com has released its uh, 2019 comprehensive beer release calendar. It's really, really neat. There's so many breweries on here and um, it is, it's got some of the, the, the major ones in here. Uh, Beta, I mean, it's in alphabetical order. I, mean, I could go down the list here. We got a Beta here. We got Avery here. We got uh, Bells. We got Boulevard, uh, Central Water, Cigar City, Who's not craft? So scratch that. Dogfish head, Firestone, Founders. I mean, there's just a ton of of breweries on here, and all of their uh, releases that are going to be coming out this year. Um. So I mean, I'm real quick gonna just pop up Dogfish Head here because I'm a big fan of Dogfish Head, and it, it, it has a nice, really interesting uh, graphic where you could download them all or you could just pop them open real quick. Let's see. What do we have here? What's coming? What's something that's the most limited? The 75-minute IPA. It's it's out here in January right now and then it's going to be only out in November and December. Whoa. Really cool. Oh, they're pumpkin ale. No one's kidding. Dragons and Yum Yums. It's going to be out in April. Dragons and Yum Yums is going to be out in April right when Game of Thrones is going to be on which is really, really, really cool. And, um, you know, so you could take a look at your favorite breweries and see what's coming out, see what's going to be happening. They're, they're really interesting graphics. Uh, with, with oh, oh, look at this. I'm having a great time myself just having a look here. Founders. Oh, no. Look at this. Blushing Monk. Double tr- Blushing Monk limited series. They also have Double Trouble. There's one to be announced, which is cool. So it's just really interesting and really cool. If, I mean, if you follow certain breweries or you into certain breweries, this is going to be a nice little guide to to show you, um, to show you uh, different different beers that are going to be coming out from these places, which is really really cool. Okay, so um, 
I'm going to look now at the... Should I look at the emails? Actually, you know what? Hold on. This is really tough. I'm really sorry, guys. I'm operating off of my phone. This is just until I can get myself a better situation when it comes to the the laptop here. I mean, it's just to have... If I'm going to have the laptop and I'm going to refer to it for things, it's got to work. You know, and if the music is going to really suck, I'm not going to play it. But here comes a really cool article coming out of October.com that says a glimpse, a glimpse inside North Korea's secretive brewing scene. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first on Three Beers In from October.com. Maybe you heard it first from them, but I'm going to put it out there on the ether here by Norman Miller on February 4th. Uh, only a small number of Westerners have the opportunity to visit North Korea. Even fewer have gotten ins- an inside look at Hermit Kingdom's breweries. Did I play music when I did the beer news? I did. So I'm going to play some right now for us to uh, to just have a, guide us through the background here a little bit. Uh, in its quest to find the best brews in the world, the Scotland-based Craft Brew of the Month Club Beer 52 has earned its fair share of frequent flyer miles. Uh, co-founded by uh, Fraser Doherty, with friends James Brown, Beer 52 boasts having visited 213 breweries across 49 countries, discovering 708 beers along the way. It makes me look like a little, a little shit, you know. I've had, I've done 128 beers, and these guys done 708. I mean, they got a lot of time on your hands. Uh, he says here, one of the uh, Doherty says. We never really expected our adventures in craft beer would ever take us to North Korea. Nevertheless, he uh, leapt into the opportunity to visit the DPRK's breweries and gain some insight in the drinking scene of the secretive dictatorship, where men receive vouchers entitling them to five liters of beer per month. Okay, that's, that's good. The idea... Ooh, beer everywhere. Hang on, it's just... I tried to rush. The idea to visit uh, the North uh, came... <laughs> the North... The origin, oh, okay. The, origin, uh, the, the the idea to visit the North came during a trip to South Korea when Doherty was curating a beer box uh, for Beer 52 that ultimately included offerings from South Korea's Magpie, The Booth, Amazing, and Wild Wave. Our friends at those breweries figured if we were going to do an edition about Korea, we'd be missing a big part of the story if we didn't also visit the North, says Doherty. Easier said than done, though. It took a year of planning and research to arrange a trip in which Doherty visited several breweries in the capital of Pyongyang, Pyongyang and other and others in the cities of Pyongyang and Kaesong. Perhaps the best known of these breweries, Taedonggang, was a bizarre gift uh, to the country's beer scene from pre- previous leader Kim Jong-il. In 2000, the North Korean government purchased the defunct English brewery Ushers, for, of Trowbridge for $1.5 million well, German pounds, excuse me uh, dismantled it and packed it into 30 shipping containers and reassembled it in Pyongyang. Wow, it's actually really nice looking. Get, well, I guess if you're doing it under a gun, you better get it right, huh? While mass-produced beers are available across North Korea, microbreweries have also flourished far and wide, largely thanks to the DPRK's geopolitical position. Due to the challenges of distribution, owing to the country's bumpy roads and international sanctions on patrol, petrol, excuse me, not patrol, uh, many places have uh, taken up brewing on a small scale, explains Doherty. We discovered the breweries and hotels, supermarket, the bowling alley, and even a train station. So this is another, listen guys, if the, if, if under the despot boot 
Uh, of Kim Jong-un. You could brew a beer in a train station. Or a bowling alley. You can do it in your basement, and I'm going to prove it to you as well. Under, I'm not going to be, you know, threatened with my life. Although brewing takes place in unexpected spots, there are plenty of good old-fashioned bars to drink at him. They got bars out there? What an eye-opening article. Dozens and dozens of standing beer bars where the patrons stand around small tables rather than sit down dot the streets of Pyongyang. Among others, Doherty visited Moran Beer Bar, which showcases beers from the Ryongsong Brewery and Paradise Beer Bar, which brews on site. Most places had certain aesthetic, pastel colors, gaudy light fittings, immaculately uniformed staff, and constant propaganda uh, blaring from the television, says Doherty. By the end of the week, we heard t- top... What does it say? By the end of the week, we'd heard top hit We Will Go to Mount Peku so many times we knew the words to the chorus. Brewing may be widespread in North Korea, but it's bre- but its brewers face unique challenges. An unreliable power supply, for example, makes it difficult to cool the beer, which has led North Koreans to develop versions of Americans' historic steam beer. Very cool. Very, very cool. Access to key ingredients can also be limited due to international sancti- uh, sanctions. Brewers explain that they only have one source of yeast from the local technical institute and one source of hops, reportedly from near Mount Peku, reveals Doherty, adding that North Korean beers typically feature a low hop content. He notes that North Korea's brewers claim to channel Juche, the national philosophy of self-reliance, they seemed uh, proud of creating a variety of different beers using... Whoa, the thing just bugged out. Uh, using all DPRK ingredients. They're very proud people. Under the threat. Uh, while lagers are most common, North Korean drinkers also consume, uh, consume dark beers and rice beers. Rice beers like Budweiser. Wow. Uh, Taedonggang recently launched a wheat beer, which the brewer, yeah, which the brewery's uh, director told a local news agency would boost North Koreans' quality of life by engraving the spirit of the great general Kim Jong-un into the drink. Also because uh, having a little wheat uh, kind of makes you, uh, you know, not starving and emasticated. Uh, the leading brands, Tenyangdong, Konjong, Konyango, and Rangjongsong, served fresh, are well more flavorful like Budweiser or Heineken, but don't age well, says Doherty. Are there international? That's probably because of the low hop content, Mr. Doherty. Throw a little beer stuff in there, and you know what you're talking about. Other international. This thing keeps popping up weird. And it keeps losing me, losing my space. This is because it's on a phone, ladies and gentlemen. Other international drinkers speak of them as full body with hints of sweetness and faint bitter aftertaste. Thanks to the distrust of Western branding, North Korean beers are numbered rather than named. At Taedonggang Taedong Brewery, there are seven beers. We're imaginatively numbered, imaginatively numbered beer number one, beer number two, and so on, says Doherty. His favorites included number two, a high ABV lager that the brewers claimed uses more technology. Interesting. Without alerting, <laughs> it says without elaborating any further. Okay. Take their word for it and you can leave with your life. Along with number six, a Dunkle style. And number three, which is half rice, half barley. I give him a lot of credit, man. I'll tell you that right now. I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to give the impression that all the beers were great. Okay, fine. Mr. Doherty, who tasted his share of off flavors and flat beer during his visit. Ugh. Poor brewing hygiene, lack of knowledge, or problems with ingredients that can lead to all hit or misses. 
Yeah, that's going to be really rough. Likewise, uh, local brewers gave mixed reviews when Doherty served up some of the highly rated craft beers from the UK. And he named some of them here. Really, really interesting. Uh, just to... to um, to round it out here, it says, We spent few evenings drinking in places where staff spoke enough English for us to exchange stories. But be careful. We also rubbed shoulders with shoppers over a few pints of house beer at Kong Bank Supermarket. They clinked glasses with us, offering us most Northern Korean, most North Korean phrases of cheers, comrade. <gasps> so communist. But that's pretty interesting, though. I'm not going to lie. That, that's pretty cool. In an interesting article, nonetheless, I mean, to see that even under the worst conditions of, of a totalitarian and brutal regime, you too can have uh, craft beer, albeit not delicious. So uh, let me finish this beer right here. Hold on. And I'm going to crack open another one for the email section because we have a whole bunch of them. Well, we have a, a couple, I think like two. Making it seem like we have a thousand of them. Imagine that. Let me pour this. Oh. What is it? I was just pouring it very vigorously into this tall glass I have here. It's a, it's a great one. Uh, uh, I'd buy this again. That's another thing. I would buy this again. I usually don't buy repeats. I try to always try something new. So, ladies and gentlemen... The people have spoken. When I say the people have spoken, I mean they've sent me emails. When I say they sent me emails, that means I'm going to read them right now. So I have to figure out uh, on my phone how to do it because I wanted to have it lined up on my computer. But I'm not going to go down that again where I'm going to complain about that. So can I please just open the other one? Yeah, put that one on. Please stop. That's another thing. I got a new iPhone, ladies and gentlemen. I'm still not very much used to the uh, the face ID on this thing. Like It, it knows my face now. Which is a little um, alarming, but I'm going to start the emails right now. Be careful with this message. Okay. This is from Nevin. And Nevin uh, says, what gives with the corn syrup thing? We heard about it from the Super Bowl, and it's like gone now. What's it all about? Would you comment? I Okay, Nevin, I will comment. So the corn syrup, in a nutshell. Corn syrup. Super Bowl commercial cost you like $5 million. So what did InBev do with their $5 million? Which is just a drop in a bucket for those rich motherfuckers. Um, they're getting people worked up over corn syrup. Telling people that Miller Coors uses corn syrup. What does Miller Coors do? They respond by getting people worked up saying that it's fully fermented out. Which is true. The sugars are fully fermented out, and you're you're not getting sugars when you when you when you when you drink it. And the corn farmers, okay, the corn farms are getting all worked up because Bud Light is kind of being mean to them. You know, saying that your syrup is bullshit. And and to make a long story short, Americans should never drink Bud Miller or Coors. Okay? That's, that's the bottom line here. Drink your local brewery's beer. Develop a relationship with them. That's what you need to do. Okay? Forget about the corn syrup wars. Do not go out and buy Budweiser and Coors and stuff like that and promote... I mean, dude, it's such a tough... I mean, they employ a lot of people. It's true. Okay? And there's going to be a ton of people that will never drink a craft beer. But if you're going to ask... If you're going to say to yourself, you have that little fire inside of you. This is what the broadcast is all about. This is what this broadcast is all about. This underground show about beer. If you have this little desire in you to try something more, try something different, go to your local brewery, okay? Go to whoever. They're not going to be dicks. If they are dicks, 
They could go fuck themselves, but they're not going to be dicks because they know that fire that's burning in you is is desiring delicious new tastes and delicious beer. And they're going to provide that to you. You're going to say to them, like, hey, I don't want a beer that's too bitter. And they're going to give you a beer that's not too bitter. Okay, because they're, they're, they work their asses off to make delicious, good quality, delicious beer. And unfortunately, you know, so here's the thing. For me, if I didn't have the beer show, I'm pretty sure I would be at Flagship a whole bunch. And I would develop a relationship with them because I would just exclusively go there for my beer. It's the bottom of Victory Boulevard. You make a right-hand turn at the bottom, boom, you're at Flagship. Buy beer from Flagship. Do not buy it from InBev. Do not buy it from Bud. Do not buy Budweiser. Do not buy Miller Coors. Don't do it. Support your local businesses. Go down to Flagship. Or I would, I would already be at Killsboro. What was wonderful is that we were able to do a, a show in Flagship. Talk to it. Like I said it before, you guys have heard it. We did a show in there. We had one of the brewmasters. It was fantastic and fun. Okay, so if we could manage to do a show in there, they did it for. They let us drink whatever beer we fucking wanted to. And what did they? What they had? What did they gain from it? A couple of people listened. Cool. So if you, if I can march in there with a bunch of fucking microphones and equipment and stuff, and they're going to give me beer and talk beer with me, they're going to do it with you too, and that's what's awesome. You're going to listen. You want to hear beer about beer? You listen to the show. Go to your local brewery. Go to your local brewery. Talk beer about that. Talk beer with them and um, and buy their shit because it's going to be better. And that's what it's all about when it comes to the. Uh, sorry, Nevin, if I yelled at you, but that, I can't be yelling at my. Um, at my um, my listeners here, but uh, you should go. Oh shit! I lost my spot. Oh, okay, this is the guy from last week. Okay, here we go. Michael says. Michael emails us and he says, "What bother you most? What bother you the most? What bothered? Okay, he meant to say bothers. What bothers you the most about shopping for beer? <laughs> what bothers me the most about shopping for beer?" I guess uh, finding so. Uh, I don't know. Nothing really bothers me, really. Mike, I, I go out there and I and I, well, I want to try to do something. I I do want to do stuff that's unique for the show. There's definitely beer that I look at and I want to drink for me, but I, I you know I have a very I have a limited budget and I also don't want to drink that I don't want to drink that much beer, you know, because then you're you're getting in a territory that could be a, a, a little unhealthy and dangerous. So there's be- definitely beer that I want for me, but if I'm not drinking these beers on a Thursday, then I'm gonna be drinking on a weekend. It's a it's a lot of it's a lot of intake of beer, so you know I try to I try to really curb that a little bit. But I, I think what bothers me the most is um, taking the time to maybe look at every single can and make sure that it's a good date. You know, no disrespect to Beverage Island, I love them. They're great people. They do have a steady stream of stuff coming in, but anywhere you go, whether you, it's it's Beverage Island or Holiday or any beer distributor. I, I keep bringing up these places. I'm pretty sure you're not from Staten Island, but wherever your local distributor is, you know, look at look at when the fucking beer is bottled. Because if you got a lot of beer in the distributor, which I hopefully hopefully you do, because you have a lot more choices. I found stuff from Beverage Island that was bottled in 2017. I, like I want to maybe bring it up to them, but I don't want to seem like a dick. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy that, and I would feel bad for someone who did buy it. The rogue that Dom brought here came from Holiday Beverage, and even though that, well, I mean that was a I think that was just an off thing, you know, because I think that was just a bad batch. But y- you want to have when I like okay, so when I went there recently and got I got beer queued up for the next couple weeks because I don't want to be going in there every single week it's, unless there's something special, and um, 
Price Sand Day, when I saw this, I was like, wow, this can looks good. If I turned it over and I saw 2017, I'm not going to get it. But I saw uh, October 2nd, a couple months ago. I'll do that. I'll I'll have a beer that's a couple of months old. Fine. Fine. Freshness is what you want to look for, Mike. That's what it bothers me. What bothers you most? Mike, you didn't tell me. You asked you asked me a question. I mean, you know, you don't have to answer, but I, w- I mean, I would like to know what bothers you most, Michael, about what uh, comes uh, with drinking, uh, um, going shopping for beer. I mean, another thing that bothers me is when I, I have to, I know that if I go into CVS or, or a corner store, I'm probably not going to find something that I actually want, and it's kind of disappointing. You know, when you walk in there and there's no real like craft beer that you want to gravitate towards, it's a little disheartening and stuff like that. We have another email here from James. James writes, "All I have had so far are lagers. I want to get into some bitterness of ales." but not too much too quick. I like fat tire. What do you recommend for ale? Well, I th- I'm pretty sure a fat tire is an ale right off the bat. Right? Is it an ale? I'm going to have to look that up. This is why I wish I had somebody here. So fat tire. Uh, fat tire beer. I'm pretty sure it is an ale. Yeah, it's an amber ale. So, so um, Mike, no. James, you've already had um, an ale. My bro, that's already happened for you. I think what you're trying to say is you want to try some IPAs. Okay, so that's really cool too, but maybe you don't. There are also pale ales out there. We haven't done a lot of pale ales on the show because they're not as readily available in the craft beer community as you you would want to see. Um, One of our loyal listeners and a great, great friend of the show and blood of mine, um, Pete, he had a pale ale the other day. I actually saw... It's my cousin. I actually saw... Uh, he posted on his Facebook that he had Lizard King, which was a pale ale coming out of Pipeworks Brewing Company with uh, Mosaic Hops. Um, he liked it. He he has a little bit more of an advanced palate. He's been drinking a lot of awesome craft beers, and he's a great friend of the craft beer community. Uh, so Fat Tire, what I recommend an, an, an an ale, I mean, if you want to try an ale like Fat Tire, <clears throat> I would go Rogue Dead Guy Ale. It's a Maybach. It's really, really good. Uh, let me see what Beer Advocate has Rogue Dead Guy as. Uh, Rogue Dead Guy. It's it's one of my favorite um, Maybachs. I know it's a Maybach. It's a 6.8 alcohol by volume. It says it's very good. Uh, 3.94 out of 5. I think it's rated higher than uh, Fat Tire. Uh, Fat Tire is very good, but um, I think that um, whatchamacallit, uh, Rogue has a, a richer flavor. Uh, you know, uh, maybe not as drinkable as Fat Tire, but I mean, if you want to sit down and really work through a beer, I would go with Rogue Dead Guy. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, this is something that's been on my, uh, not on my mind, but it's fresh uh, in my mind. Uh, I would go, if you want to just do a, uh, a pale ale, go Daisy Cutter, man. If you don't go Lizard King for Pipeworks, Go um, Daisy Cutter. Where's Daisy Cutter from? Let me just tell you so you know. When you go to your local place, uh, you could say Daisy Cutter Pale Ale by Half Acre Brewery. Okay? Half Acre Beer. Daisy Cutter for me was really pleasant and not too harsh. Okay? It had a, 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 a decent amount of bitterness. But at the same time, it didn't kick as it doesn't kick as hard as some of these IPAs. Um, 
you know and uh, and also if you really want to just be crazy and just jump into the the craze of the now go get go find yourself a new england style ipa because they they are not that bitter and they're very juicy and and very smooth and and very easy to drink so i mean i i'm really happy that this is the the craze right now because they are fucking delicious you know they are really really good and it's really cool to have a uh, something else to go and go crazy about other than uh, the regular run-of-the-mill uh, bitter um, uh, IPAs. But, I mean, you know, I, I like IP, I like all beer. That's, what's, um, that's what I'm all about. But I really, really appreciate everyone who's emailed and everyone who's listened in this week. Uh, I hope this episode was enjoyable for you. Uh, I, you know, it's crazy that it was on a Friday, and I know that the weekend is ahead of us. Hope everyone here that's been listening has a great weekend. I really, I really appreciate everyone that's emailed us. Again, if you have any questions, comments, or you have something you want to suggest that we drink, uh, just contact us through the email. You know, I'll, I'll talk to you uh, personally if you want me to respond because you put your, you have to put your email in there that I can respond to. I'll do that. I'll either respond to the show or respond privately, whatever you'd like. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 128 of Three Beers In, where we had a delicious, delicious beer this week. And I will catch you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Take care.